We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you already have a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with all of Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of all of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of that for only $15 a month. That's the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so if you want to get in, get your application in ASAP. To apply, you go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this podcast episode to find out more. But again, that's bwhustle.com join. What is up? Welcome to the uncontested podcast post-game edition where the Thunder have lost their third game in a row. They're now 1-4 and four in the league, dropping a New Year's Eve matchup with the New Orleans Pelicans in blowout fashion, 113-80. to 80. I'm your host, Jacob Niffin. We are a proud partner of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Let's dive into this one, guys. I'm not going to make this too long. I know it's a New Year's Eve pod. Everyone's enjoying their New Year's Eve, hopefully safely, um, you know, trying to trying their best to not spread COVID. That would be good. Uh, the Thunder struggled mightily, 80 to 113. Uh, they had the full arsenal of everybody back tonight. You know, there was nobody sitting. Al Horford played, George Hill played, nobody out for rest. Uh, and the Thunder hung tight 
early, went into halftime down, I think, 10 or 11, went into the fourth quarter down 10 or 11, and then from there, uh, it it just spiraled out of control. It really started spiraling out of control. Surprisingly enough, after the ejection of Brandon Ingram, who played a total of 26 minutes, but had a very good night. Brandon Ingram had 20 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, and a block. Uh, he looked good. But let's not bury the lead. This was a homecoming game where Steven Adams made his return to the Chesapeake Energy Arena that had no fans in it. So that's upsetting because I think we all wanted to be able to give Steven a massive ovation on his return. Well, fear not. It seems as though whenever they announced Steven in the starting lineups tonight, the Thunder pumped in a very loud applause of artificial crowd noise. So Steven got his welcome back. But no, on a on a serious note, whenever fans are allowed back in the arenas again and Steven makes his return to Oklahoma City, I'm sure he will be greeted with open arms and a raucous cl- crowd and a massive ovation. So that'll be exciting. Steven had himself a pretty nice night. Uh, 7 of 13, 14 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and a block. Not a whole lot to dive into this one, guys. I think I want to start off with a guy that I've been hyping up who struggled a bit tonight. That would be Shea Gilgis-Alexander. My man had 8 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, only 3 of 10 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3. Just a rough night for Shea, and I tweeted this from the uncontested Twitter account, but I really want to drive the point home here as well. In the past two games against Orlando, now against New Orleans, and they play Orlando again on Saturday, so we'll see if the theme continues, Shea has been drawing a ton of defensive attention. Pretty much any time there is a screen for Shea and he dribbles off that screen, he is getting double teamed. The, the defense is sending two at Shea and forcing the ball out of his hands. I think that's why you're seeing him only get up a total of 20 shots in the past two games. You'd like to see Shea get 20 shots up per game. He's at half of that over his last two. And that's because he's making the right basketball play and he's swinging the ball. Just the problem is he's, you know, getting doubled every time he comes off a pick. Defenses are focused on him and forcing other players to do stuff. So uh, a rough go of it for Shea. He did hit two nice three-pointers. One was, I think, straight on. The other was like a step back that was really pretty. Um, 33% from the from the three-point line tonight. I think he's going to end up evening out in the mid-30s as far as a three-point shooter, probably right around league average this season. I, I think that would be a, a good barometer, a, a good measuring point for Shea but besides that my man he just struggled tonight Uh, I think Lou Dort even said post game Shea knew that this defensive attention was coming to him coming into the season and it's just a matter of getting used to it and learning how to play out of it he'll get there he'll get there Um, I'm not too worried about it I've been most impressed by his passing though he's making all the right reads all the good passes and so I've been very, very pleased with his passing. Do I want to see his scoring increase? Of course. Yes, I do. I want to see Shea scoring 25 a night. But there's other spots in his game where he's been growing, where he's been showing development. So that's really exciting. On the flip side, let's talk about a guy who had another really good night in Lugens Dort. Eight points, three rebounds, an assist, a steal, 
He was tasked with guarding Brandon Ingram tonight, which is a different type of player for him to guard. Ingram is long and lanky, uh, operates out of a lot of screens, um, likes to use the mid-range game. It's a lot different than like a Donovan Mitchell that he's guarded in the past, uh, people like that. So a little bit of a different defensive matchup for Lou tonight. Only played 16 minutes, um, which is is a little surprising. Uh, didn't get a lot of burn tonight. Three personal fouls. Didn't really play much in that second half when it became a blowout. But the big thing with Shea, I want to, or sorry, not Shea, but Lou that I want to talk about. Two of four from the three-point line tonight. He is shooting right around like 48% from three on the season. Now, that is an incredibly small sample size. It's four games. It's like 25 threes or something like that, which is kind of surprising. He's he's getting his shots up. He is not afraid to shoot the ball, which is awesome. But the shot looks good, and it's going in. Now, this could be a flash-in-the-pan moment, and it's looking good now, and then he's going to go on a streak where he shoots like, one of 15 over like the course of three games. And we're talking about how Shea's shooting isn't real. It's hard to to make assumptions and make deductions off of such a small sample size. I think once we get to around game 20, let's look at Shea's three-point percentage then and say, okay, now we can really dig into these numbers because he's shot enough in enough games that this is a bigger sample and it's probably more representative of who he is. I don't think Lou is a, what is it, like a 47% three-point shooter that he's at right now. I don't think that's who he is, but I don't think he's like what he was last year where he was sub 30%. Can Lou even out at like 37, 38, 39%? If he can, if he can shoot like 38% from three on like five attempts a game while being the defender that he is, look out because that is a legitimate NBA player. That is Marcus Smart level. That is, um, I don't even know who else to compare that to. That's Portland era Wesley Matthews level. That's legitimate. And if he can get there, that would be incredibly uh, exciting and good for the Thunder. So hopefully he can get there. We will see. Uh, Another positive that I wanted to talk about tonight real quick. Maybe a little, uh, oh, what's the right word here? Uh, Up and down with Thunder fans. Some Thunder fans think, oh, this guy shouldn't even be getting minutes right now. He looks awful. Some Thunder fans are just in for the experience. But we got to talk Poku. We got to talk Poku. He was one of four tonight, uh, all three-point attempts. right? He finally hit his first three. But here is his stat line. Three points, five rebounds. Four assists, two steals, one block, and a whopping six turnovers for a team worst minus 22. Single game plus minus doesn't mean anything, so I'm not worried about that. What surprises me is the four assists. This dude can legitimately pass the ball. Now, some of them are wild. He threw one off the backboard. He threw one up into like the third or fourth row in the stands. But this kid just, he has a feel for the game. And you can tell that, that there's a skill level there. He can handle, he can rebound. Uh, the shot is short every time he shoots it. It's front rimming every time. Once he gets it over the rim, he'll probably can a whole bunch of them and flatten his percentages out and get them back to a good spot. But he's got a little bit of playmaking to him. He's got that height. He could be a mismatch problem in the future. Again, I've, I've hammered this point home, but I love that they're giving Pokashevsky 
just time to get experience. He played almost 21 minutes tonight. I love it. I love it. Put him out there. Let him do his thing. Let's see where it goes. He's learning. He's getting more comfortable. He's moving the ball quicker. He's a slick passer, man. I think he is going to end up being uh, an interesting player. Can he reach his potential? I don't know. We'll see. What is his ceiling? I don't know. But it's fun, right? It's fun. His biggest problem, I think, right now, I mean, he's got to round out his game in every aspect. But one thing is just defensively, his arms are such an an advantage on blocks, on steals, on passing lanes. But my man does not move his feet well at all. He's definitely got to work on that. But again, youngest player in the league. You just got to give him time. Uh, he will get there. Update on another young guy. Teo Maladone played 26 minutes tonight. Six points, five rebounds, two assists. Only two and nine from the field. Two of seven from three. Again, he's on a learning curve as well. But he is just, he's smooth. He's patient. Uh, he doesn't rush things. He's very laid back. Um, he's, I think he's going to be the backup point guard for the entire season. Uh, will he start once they trade George Hill? If they trade George Hill, uh, I'm not sure. We'll have to see kind of what the Thunder decide to do there. But Teo, I have a lot of hope for. Uh, and I think he's struggled a little bit in this early season. Um, but again, He's taking a massive jump up in competition. So is Pokashevsky. So got to give them some time uh, to really grease the wheels and, and kind of get going. One more guy. I mean, Al Horford played well, right? Like George Hill was fine. But one more guy I wanted to talk about. Our guy Isaiah Roby got some more burn. Apparently the coaching staff liked what they saw in the last game. Gave him another chance tonight. Came in, played 18 minutes. Seven points, six rebounds. Um, that's about it. Two turnovers, three personal fouls. Uh, got the absolute shit fouled out of him by Brandon Ingram. I don't think it was intentional. I thought it was a flagrant one, not a flagrant two. Um, but he got his bell rung, which was an interesting little moment in that game. Apparently, Hamadou Diallo shoved J.J. Redick in the back and like knocked him to the ground. And J.J. Redick, to my surprise got up and ran down the court and like got in Homie's face and started going in on him. And I was like, oh, wow. Like You don't see J.J. Redick do that very often. That's like your dad yelling at you because J.J.'s like 35. J.J. got into him, though, and ended up getting a technical for it. And it seemed like New Orleans kind of got angry after that because that Ingram foul came right afterwards, uh, like he was taking out some frustration. So uh, got a little bit chippy there for a second, which... It's kind of interesting for a game that kind of got out of hand. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Only two DNPs tonight for the Thunder, Justin Jackson and Darius Miller. We have not seen Darius Miller at all this season. Uh, Justin Jackson, just not really that great. So that's not a big deal. But um, that's really all the analysis. I mean, it's, it's hard, really hard to come, out, come up with analysis for this game. Um, there's just not a lot to take from it. Uh, so, I mean, it, it kind of is what it is. Um, I mean, we saw 17 minutes of Zion who was in foul trouble all night. Um, you know, like I, I, I don't know what else to decipher from this game except the, the tank is on, right? The Thunder are one and three now. They are going on a five game road trip next where they're going to play down in Florida, uh, for a little bit. They're probably going to come back with not many wins and the tank is on, um, 
we knew that this was coming. We knew what to expect. Tonight was a rough game uh, because it was a blowout. I wouldn't expect the Thunder to lose by 33 very often. I think they're way more competitive than that. But the goal is for them to lose and to maximize their draft potential. That's what they want. So they can go get a Cade Cunningham or a Jalen Suggs or an Evan Mobley or a Jonathan Kaminga uh, or a Jalen Green or somebody like that. So uh, not too, I mean, the the blowout was unexpected. The loss, not that unexpected. Uh, You kind of wish the young guys played a little bit better, though. You want to see a little more from Shea, a little more from Darius, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? They have another one coming up in 48 hours. So we'll run it back and see what that one looks like, right? It's, it's not too much to be worried about. So let's take a quick moment, tell you guys about who is sponsoring the pod this week. And then I will answer some of your Twitter questions that you guys sent in um, as our final TQs before 2021. So the NBA is back in action, and football is headed towards the playoffs. And while you might not be at the games this year, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. They have game spreads and totals, team, player, and coaching props. They're giving you options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Just head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so let's get to some of the questions that you guys sent in to me tonight um, and, and answer some of those. Let's dig through here. First up, at Donkey Punch Dev, our guy Thunderbeard says, What do you think about Josh Hall? Josh Hall got, I think his, I mean, he played the other night in like 60 seconds. He actually got some minutes tonight, though. Um, he's interesting. He's very young. I think he's 19 years old, uh, played 10 minutes tonight, one of five from the floor, uh, one of four from three had a rebound and that's about it. Um, so nothing too exciting from Josh Hall. His build though, looks very much like a thunder player. He's very long, very lanky, a little skinny, very tall. Um, it's going to be interesting. He's one of these guys that came like straight out of prep school. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of what he becomes over time. Uh, Our guy and friend of the pod, Keith Smith, mentioned this the other day on Twitter, and I think it's a great point. With the craziness of the up and downs of rosters this season due to COVID protocols, I don't think a lot of teams, especially the Thunder, are going to send their two-way guys down to the G League bubble, which is going to happen again down in Disney World. I think they're more likely to stay with their team because there's not a 45-day rule this year because of that. So I would expect to see Josh Hall um, with the Thunder for the entire season. Uh, interesting guy. I don't know much about him, but we'll see what his potential is, Thunderbeard. Uh, next, at Chatter OK says, how many seven-point quarters will we have in the tank this season? Over, under of 12. So this is in reference to the Thunder scored seven points in the fourth quarter tonight, which is god-awful. Uh, if the over, under is 12, I'm going under. Scoring seven points is incredibly bad. Um, like 15 is bad, right? Seven is half of that. 
So I, I'm going under, I'm going to say closer to like five quarters where they score under 10 points. Uh, it's not going to happen very often. Uh, next, we have two questions from at Black Dolphin 5. First one says, so how many players on this current team are going to be around when they are chasing titles? How do you try to change people's minds when they don't want to tank? So I guess he's got three questions because the third one is, can Poku ever get hot from three-point range? Let's start with that one. Yes, he can. He's got a decent stroke. It's very flat and on a string. It doesn't have much arch to it. Uh, he's front-rimming them all. He's not going to shoot, what is he at like now, right now, like 5% from three? That's not going to happen, right? He's going to have a stretch where he hits a lot and balances out that average. So he'll, he'll get hot at some point. Uh, what players are going to be on this team when they're chasing titles? Uh, I think they're. I don't know about chasing titles, but I think they're going to be competing for the playoffs and for the second round and stuff like that. Three years, four years. Safe to assume that Baisley, Shea, and Lou will still be here. Poku will still be here. Now, don't quote me on all those guys still being here because I don't know what Sam Presti has up his sleeve. But you would think that the young guys they're going to stick around uh, because they're on controllable contracts. Last one, Black Dolphin, you said, how do you try to change people's minds when they don't want to tank? Here's the thing. Sports fans, we don't want our teams to lose. That is nature. We watch our teams because we want them to win. It's perfectly fine to want the Thunder to win. Just know that the idea of losing games this season, it's not that we want the Thunder to lose. It's that tanking is taking in the long-term approach versus short-term satisfaction. Do I wish the Thunder won tonight? Yeah, it'd be awesome to see them win the basketball game. But what's more important is getting the right players in this organization that can help lead this team to the playoffs, deep into the playoffs, and eventually towards titles. In a city like Oklahoma City, you are not going to get those players in free agency And if you trade your assets for a star player, they're typically only under contract for two, three, four years, and then they can choose to leave, and you don't want to leave it up to chance. So your best way to get good talent that can stay here long-term is to draft them. Because if you draft a player, they sign a four-year contract, and then their next contract you control. Even if another team signs them, you can match that offer sheet. So in reality, if you get a really good player, you can keep them around for nine years on team control. That's how a small market like Oklahoma City gets back to relevance, gets back to the playoffs, and gets back to competing for titles. So for people that don't want to tank, I understand not wanting your team to lose, and that's totally acceptable. The thing is, I don't want the team to lose either, so I'm willing to sacrifice the short term of this season for the betterment of the long-term future of the team. Uh, Next one, from Baby Wolverine. Who was the most underperforming player? I assume that is in reference to tonight. I think i got to go Shea. Shea or Baisley. Uh, Neither one of them had a very good night. I talked at length about Shea. uh, But Baisley tonight uh, was Baisley's line. He had seven points, four rebounds, two assists, one block, four turnovers, uh, o of three from three had some wide open corner threes and missed them. I'd like to see Baisley get a little more aggressive. Uh, he didn't have a great night tonight, but that's okay. It's just one night, and he's a 21, 22 year old kid. 
not too worried. Next, at Thunder UK Talk, does Shea need to become more assertive and in control? Feel that this team needs SGA to call his own shot ability more. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. I think part of that is because he's making the right play and swinging the ball when he gets doubled, and off every screen he's getting doubled, and they're trying to run a lot of actions with screens. Teams are forcing him to give up the ball. What I would like to see is when Shea gets doubled like that to give up the ball and then move off ball, which he hasn't done much. Typically, when he doesn't have the ball, he's standing on the wing or at the top of the key waiting to catch the ball to make a dribble move. I'd like to see him cut a little bit. I'd like to see him cut off, come off some off-ball screens, some different things like that. From Dort Knight, instead of Dark Knight, I like that. He's from at Agent Shrizzy. With a top three pick, do we want Cade or Mobley? Well, you're only getting Cade if you get pick number one. I'm pretty confident in that. Although Cade might not be as flashy as a Jalen Suggs or an Evan Mobley, he's a six foot eight point guard who can defend. He's got an NBA body already. He can handle. He can make every pass on the court. He's got a developing jump shot. You want Cade. I think Cade is the best long-term NBA prospect in the draft. But Mobley is really freaking good. And if you get picked two or three and take Mobley, I'm totally okay with that. Low-key, like, number one, I want Cade Cunningham on the Thunder. If we can get the number one pick to get him, I'm all for it. Let's say Houston trades James Harden, and they and they end up being the ninth pick in the draft, and we get that pick this year. And then the Thunder end up with, like, pick number three in the draft. If we could trade three and nine to move up to one and get Cade, sign me up. Sign me up. But if you can't, I've kind of got this crazy, stupid idea in my head that the Thunder, it's not an idea, it's a fantasy, that they end up with Jalen Suggs and Evan Mobley and that my dreams just come true. Another guard that's just versatile and crazy and fun, Jalen, or yeah, uh, Suggs reminds me so much of Damian Lillard. And then Mobley is so versatile as a forward, or not a forward, but a center. Uh, I'm really, really into that idea. Um, With that, I think that's going to be all of our TQs for tonight. I told you guys I wouldn't keep you too long. Before I get you out of here, though, just real quick, we'll pump this post-game outro while we're here. 2020 has come to an end, guys. The uncontested, even with the NBA shutdown, with the pandemic, everything else, uh, we had our best year ever as a podcast, uh, all things considered, and that is 100% thanks to you all, our listeners. And I want to give you a very special and very prominent shout out our listeners are incredible man we love you guys to death the interactions uh the the talks on twitter the tqs uh, you guys have started to watch our our live stream videos on sundays now uh just the the kind words the podcast ratings on apple just everything we don't get paid to do this i mean we do but like we don't pocket the cash it stays in a podcast account for us to do giveaways and stuff for you guys we make no money off this we actually spend our money on this because we're very passionate about what we do and we're so passionate about it because we have people like you listening to the podcast so from all of us here at the uncontested for this past year which has been shitty for all of us and for the world with the pandemic we just want to say how much we appreciate you guys please stay safe We'll be back with you guys again Saturday for the Oklahoma City Thunder versus Orlando Magic. Thunder up.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.